This episode contains discussion of colonial violence, war, religious trauma and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. This is Anthems. Dumelang, and I am a poet, feminist writer, and editor from Johannesburg, South Africa. My pronouns are ba, o, or they, them. Your word of the day is panic. This is an impossibly tangled thread about panic. It loops itself inside and outside of time. Though I can see part of it, and though parts of this thread see me and touch me, this thread doesn't really belong to me. I pick it up for its pattern. I love to gaze at it, tease out its knots with my memory and my imagination. It's one of the many ways I learned to tell stories. We might as well pick it up here. And like all humans, I evolved to search for patterns in a chaotic and carnivorous world. I learned to do this as a clever way to survive, and I'm descended from a very, very long line of survivors. On my mother's side, my ancestors speak syrupy mixtures of Sizulu, Sisotu, Sindabele, and Shona. They survived slow, world-collapsing threads of panic over centuries of scattering, upheaval, and war. My mother's ancestors moved from dispossession to dispossession, threaded by panic. From Bantustan's experiments in apartheid's dream of separate development to Bantu education, where black students were limited in their abilities to learn and dream in their own indigenous languages. On my father's side, the thread hooks itself on the ankle of King Mushrasha's brother, Mohale, a Basutu warrior. In the early 1800s, the myth is that King Mushrasha gathered the Basutu on the top of Tababusiu, the night mountain, as King Shaka's armies approached them in the dark. He encouraged his people to roll boulders down the mountain, crushing the armies below. Mushrasha taught my people to roll their fear as boulders down the mountainside, panic for the push and gravity for the rest. My father's people survived riptides of panic. Police pounding down students' doors in the middle of the night, moved by the creature of apartheid's own fear, the swat khafar, or the black danger. Centuries of black danger and white fear. Choruses of colonial control. Dutch, British, French, Boer, veils of domination and theft. This is where the thread tangles and eventually frays. The French arrive in Lesotho in 1820, tailed by the British soon after. They bring the Bible with them. The first document printed in my mother's tongue is Bible. It flops open and spreads its panic across the land like a fever. The fever reaches my bloodline here, in the pink ink that was used to stain the pages of Sisita translations of the Holy Book. 
here. My mother is a devout Jehovah's Witness, as is my grandmother and her mother before her. The panic pink ink stains their fingers. For them, these are the end days, the last of the last days. Armageddon's final bell in the theater lobby of the world. They are taught to panic. The dark and fire-warm bloom of my queerness, my strange heart, my slanted, shifty, ancient gender, my topaz love, my traitor's tongue. All of these are signs of the devil's dominion of me. Europe sits in my mother's mouth when she prays for me, while she stays away. Panic's thread knots us here, knots us and unknots us as we try our best to remember a time before time where hearts and bodies and brains and spirits like mine were as sacred as the water. This thread of panic touches me across time, bending it. In the winter of my 21st year, I learn what it means to join the long line of survivors of sexual assault. Like me, time bends, but doesn't break. I learned to live with panic. I run my hands over my triggers and learn them, like finding birthmarks on my body. I'm not surprised to see them in the same place on my body as my mother, and my grandmother, and my sister, and my aunt, and my Nkhunu, and Nkhunu's Nkhunu, and her Nkhunu before her. This thread thickens. In 2017, I find a flower and write a poem. I move towards healing like all living things move towards the light. I write a book about my panic, give my grief a name. I watch the poems blossom. One day, I call myself a poet and mean it. Today, I'm thinking about panic and its shadows, how panic, fear, and greed are used to justify a murderous anti-queer bill in Uganda fueled by colonial residue and American evangelical poison signed into law just last May. How fascism's shadow darkens over Turtle Island or the so-called United States and Canada. Panic melts us and it heats us. As I speak, Panic scatters families in Sudan and haunts the brains and bodies of lovers in occupied Palestine. It is the shaky pulse of a burning world. In the introduction to one of my favorite collections of queer poetry, Crush by Richard Sikkin, Louise Gluck writes that panic is a symptom for being and its delays and its swerving and rushing syntax, its frantic lists and questions, it fends off time and loss. Panic's opposite is an ease, but oblivion. When I write about myself, the impossible threat of my family, and our counter-efforts against the oblivion promised to us over centuries of empire, I am not panic's thread of time. When I think about and support my trance and queer kin all over the world, Surviving fresh waves of organized abandonment, I feel the unknot work itself through me. I want the futures promised to us by the blood and dreams keeping us awake. The future is hungry and inevitable, and the thread is knotted and sore, but 
we might as well pick it up here. Panic. Definition. Noun. Sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety. If you have been affected by any of the themes in this podcast, go to the episode description for resources and helplines.